I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Make some noise, Orange fans! It's time for the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation Podcast. All right, what's up, Q's Nation? Welcome to episode 37 of the Q's Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, and now on YouTube. And again, I'm Sean alongside my buddy Joe. Joe, what's up, man? Hey, Sean, what's going on? Not a whole lot. So we've got the FSU post game. We're going to go ahead and throw in the Wake Forest pregame and even talk about a little bit of basketball. We'll try to keep it short and punchy and just hit the bullet points on it all. But um, first, you know, Joe, let me ask you something. What do you what do you say yeah. what do you say to um to people like me who've been banging the pots and pans on on Syracuse getting this win at FSU um, and then coming away again four and five struggling now bowl odds are way down again now some are even some people are predicting uh, no bowl at all uh, we had what was it um, we're up to fifty out of seventy eight teams clinched. Uh, Florida yep. Atlantic, Iowa, West Virginia, Houston, Virginia, UAB, North Texas, Northwestern, Wyoming, Florida International, and Fresno all clinched this past weekend. Um, and with three games left, they're saying a five and seven record is probably not going to get us there because there's um, currently, like, I think I want to say it's like Seventy teams with a five, looking at a five and six, seventy-one teams currently, with at least five wins. Yeah. So and seventeen teams with <laughs> with four wins. So kind of kind of needed that game. We haven't been able to win on the road yet. Kind of reminds me of SU basketball last year. It's like the the black cloud hasn't left. Uh, yeah. Syracuse sports. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, what do you say, Joe? What What do you say? Words of encouragement, because you're always that guy. Usually. Well, <laughs> <laughs> usually. <laughs> I think a lot of it comes with perspective, you know. You just got to be able to look at, at what happened. The only turnover type of thing that happened that was close to a turnover was that muff punt uh, right before the end of the first half. And we came out with no points. And I know that there's a lot of people that are going to point to that and say we should have kicked the field goal. In hindsight, you know, that looked like maybe the right, you know, plan. But like what Baber said, you got to be, you got to score touchdowns to beat teams like that, especially on the road. And, um, I think 
a lot of it came down to the fact where if we had a, a healthy Dungy, then the whole game, then I think that we wouldn't have had to worry about it. But I mean, we had opportunities, and so just like all the other games that we've lost on the road this year, and the one at home against Middle Tennessee State is we just haven't been able to take advantage of of opportunities and, and too many missed opportunities and, and and mistakes. So it's definitely frustrating, but it's better than going and getting blown out and definitely outplayed because, again, that it just wasn't the case. With, with Dungy only playing three out of the four quarters, really, I know he did throw that interception. But, I mean, when you look back on it, going down quick, 14, going down by 14 quick as we did, uh, he got us back in the game just as quick when he came back. So, yeah. without that, I mean, you're looking at a whole another ball game because the the it was like letting the air out of a balloon on both sides of the ball, and like you mentioned earlier, you know the defense is watching him walk in the locker room. They're not their their head's not totally in the game, and I know that's not very professional, but you can't you can't blame them on no. one, on one hand, and on the other hand, um. You know, it just it's it's deflating. Like I said, it's like taking the air out of a balloon. And and they just when he came back, both sides of the ball, they both played dramatically better. I mean, yeah, it was night and day. So no, that's that's what happens when you have a a, a team like this when you're still trying to rebuild and you know you don't got a lot of experience or older players. You got a lot of youth, and when you're playing against you know teams like we played on our schedule and the teams we play against in our conference every year, um, there's teams that just have they have the ability. Uh, they might not have, you know, the will or the want, or they might not execute and, and keep drives alive. You know, teams like LSU and, and Florida State this year, uh, I thought watching the game that we were the better team throughout the game. It's just we made mistakes and didn't take advantage of opportunities. And those teams are just eventually it's the talent will break through. If, if you can't take advantage of that and put the other team on, you know, the overall supposed better team, more talented team on their heels and put some pressure on their game, then, it's just it's very difficult to beat them because they're going to break you know they're going to have the big plays. Florida State had three touchdowns right. at over fifty or sixty yards. You know, exactly. so eventually the talent's going to break through and make a play. So that's why you have to keep the pressure on them. It's not and, like they were dinking and dunking us and driving hard and wearing no, us out. No, they weren't. Yeah. Uh, what about Joe? Now, I mean, hindsight being twenty twenty, we could play armchair quarterback, but that's kind of the point of a uh, sports show. <laughs> you play Archer yeah. quarterback without that you don't really have a show so there was two things that stuck out to me that were crucial and one of them of course is the n- not going for the field goal and getting the three points right before the half and going for it on like what was it fourth and six or something like that uh, or well it was fourth and goal but but it was there was on like the six yard line so I would have just taken those points. Now if now if they score a touchdown there, it's genius, right? And it's yeah, it's the exactly. greatest call of the game, right? So it's easy to to play, you know, either side of that. But uh, before when they came out to line up to to even to run the play, I was like, man, take the three points. You're in a close game. Take the three points, and they didn't. And then yeah. and then the other one you and I discussed earlier, and you 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 played devil's advocate with it, which was you made a great point was the onside's kick. Um, yeah, you know, with all the time left on the clock, but you know, I mean, you were going to have to, like you said, you were going to have to stop them. They could have worn the clock out, you know, and I guess it was no harm, no fall on that. But the, but the field goal before the half, I think should have been kicked as just a poor decision. And, yeah. and well, you know, again, looking back, that was the three points because Cole Murphy, who was stout against Clemson, 
you know, laying goose eggs. Again, yeah. I mean, that's just in hindsight, it's easy to say. You know, I think with the onside kick, like I was telling you, if they get a, one or two first downs, then pretty much the game's over anyway. So uh, instead of kicking it deep, they just decided to take a, it's like an extra chance, if you will, to try to get, you know, make a play, get, get an onside kick. And if it doesn't happen, you still got to stop them three and out anyway, use your timeouts and, and get the ball. So. Um, the only way that that would have been off, you know, is not taking the chance, kicking it deep and hoping that, you know, the guy that the returner doesn't make a play. And then you still stop him three and out and then you just get a little bit better field position. So he kind of played the field position game right. for for the chance to try to get a turnover and get a play and get a play. And I mean, either way, um, this time around, it was no harm, no foul. But again, you know, and we almost had kick, that late turnover, too. Yeah. But I mean, anything could happen to where, you know. I mean, you you kick it off, and the and the, and the returner that's got you know, just like those type of teams, they have athletes uh, back there that you know that we can't stack up. So who- we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Used to say we don't kick it off when the guy returns it for a touchdown. You know, then that was a that would have been stupid. So you know, everyone it's easy to judge after the fact. And as far as the field goal goes, I mean, at that point in time, they were trying to play to win it. You know, I looked at it like they were used to being down anyway. So what's what's down seven? You know, just come out and make a stop like they did. Um, you know, it was just showing confidence in them and showing that they were playing to win. And it's easily in, in hindsight, it's easy to say, oh, we should have got the should have taken the points, but you know, at the end of the day, we were still we were playing to win, and we still had a chance at the end to tie and go to overtime. And uh, you're not thinking about, you know, oh, are we going to have to kick a game tying field goal from 40 plus yards when you're going for it in the first half? You know, some people just think that just take the points when you're on the road in the first half, just take what you Absolutely. can get. Um, I think that's know, me. It's so a safe way to play. I, think, I mean, I know Dino, Dino Babers is a little controversial in that aspect. He no, he takes chances. He plays yeah, to win. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I understand that, and I love that. When it works, like I said, he's a genius. Or, or you know, that's that was the best call ever. But 
No, it, well, that's the case work. in all coaches' oh, decisions. Oh, I know, so. I know, but that's what we, we, I mean, you have to look at it. We have to talk about it. So, But you're right. Yeah. I get it, you know. I think overall, Dungey getting hurt and having to sit out that long, and then obviously, I mean, he did make plays, but I mean, you could tell that there were some things he still couldn't do when he came back. So, yeah, we, again, he, he played like a warrior. and, and Again. Yeah, again, and I mean, you can't blame it on him, but uh, just, you know, availability, you know, is really, the you know, they say that's the best ability in football is availability. It doesn't matter how good you are. You got to be able to go out and play and stay healthy. So that's been his bugaboo his whole his whole career. And um, hopefully he'll be good to go come uh, come Wake Forest in, uh, next yeah, week. He but, looked, he looked, but again, he looked that, I think that was the biggest thing. I think if he plays the whole game, then – you know, even if he plays that quarter the way that he was playing the rest of the game, whatever percentage he was, 75, 70, whatever he was, him playing that quarter gimpy was better than what we were going to do with Mahoney out there. So I agree. I agree. If he pretty- plays if he plays the whole game, if he doesn't go out, if he doesn't get injured, we win that game. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and say that right now, but I really do think that because that was a, yeah. that was a really long, tough quarter to watch of football. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was. on the bright side, um, there were some records broken. Um, we had Irv Phillips with his, what was it? 200 and what did he end up with for career? Most career and, uh, receptions for a wide. I think out. he's got 207 or something right now. Two, okay. 206, 207. Um, and Dungy with the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback, 20 edging out over McNabb with 19. And also, Dungy, had, he had 109 yards rushing on that gimp ankle, an average of five yeah. with a TD and a 30, a 30 for his long. His longest one was 30 yards. I mean, it was so funny watching him because when he's running, you're like, oh, he's, he's healthy. And then he'd get tackled or whatever, and he'd get up and he'd, he'd limp back to the line. It's like just the adrenaline just – yeah. That's all he was going off of. It was, it was yeah. the same thing with Miami. That, yeah. You know, no. that during the play he was fine. After the play, you're peeling him up off the field. Yeah, it, was, it looked it looked kind of the same, you know. Yeah. And now we're going. Now we go into the to the uh, to the next game, thinking kind of exactly what I was hoping not to that was gonna, not going to happen when we talked about after we beat Clemson about you know the long wait. And uh, where the SU fans were going to be, you know, remember that when we talked yeah. about that? And yes, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's been um by the time we play Wake Forest, it'll be almost a month since we beat Clemson, and it'll be a month since we were at the Dome. Yeah, and we've lost we've lost since then. So yeah. we've gone from four and three to to five. four and five, and you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how the fans come out and support the team, you know. I think like, it's it's a Saturday afternoon game again, right? It's twelve thirty. Saturday at three. Or at three, okay. Well, that's a that's that's the ideal time, in my opinion. Right at three o'clock, get out of there. Yeah. Six, seven o'clock. You still got the night, and then you get the morning. I don't think it's going to be terrible. I uh, don't think it's going to be like Clemson was. I don't think. No, I don't. No, I mean, no. I mean, you'd hope, I mean, you'd like to to think that because of the Clemson, you know. Clemson could have been bigger, but because we beat Clemson, you know, there's a lot of fans that if you would have said before the game, hey, Clemson's going to win, oh, then maybe I, maybe I would have gone to the game, you know? So after the fact, you know, but it, the fact that we went to Miami, lost, then a bye week, then went to Florida State and lost, albeit close games, but um, 
I mean, just back to the same old four and five and are, are they even going to get a bowl game? And, you know, and I just think that we have a good opportunity to do still. So there's really no reason why it would have been great to get one of those big wins. And I think that would really help with, with the fans and, and attendance for the game this Saturday. But I, I just have a bad feeling about what these past three weeks have left in, in the fans mouths so of any, anybody that would, was jumping on the bandwagon. Once we beat Clemson, it's kind of calmed down and, I just hope that they can come and, and show out because we do have a chance to win the last three games. So, well, I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. But uh, Wake Forest is no no pushover football team, sco- no. scoring 37 points on a, a, a spectacular Notre Dame football team. At you know what that was at Notre Dame too, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know 30 po- 37 points. We we won't. It, <laughs> Our defense better yeah. be ready because we're not scoring. We're not scoring more than that. I don't see it. Well, no, but it, that was also a game. I mean, they were losing that game thirty-one to ten at halftime. So I'm not so sure. You know, uh, pulling back a little bit, kind of burning clock. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, they outscored them um, by ten. I think it was twenty-seven seventeen in the in the second half, and that's why it got up to to where it was. But I don't think that was really ever. Uh, a, a close game or competitive game, you know what I mean? I think it was yeah. just a situation where, like you said, kind of pulling back and just the the the, the final score doesn't represent the doesn't represent no you know the actual fluidity of the game. It was it was a beating. There's no doubt about it. But they did put up 37 points. Um, but like you said, I have to agree with you that yeah. you know. Um, I mean, so, 41 to 41 to 23 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, now you've we've got a couple key injuries, and and you know Eric Dungy was taped up. Uh, Wake Forest they had their best wide receiver. He's he's out um, for the season, and we don't know we don't have any word on Dungy. But Syracuse is still going into this game against Wake Forest with a three and a half point favorite as of yesterday. You know, it changes. You know, I guess every day probably. Um, yeah, it's actually down to zero. Is so it? It's pretty much a, a pick them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So, you know, it's going to be a tough game. It's not going to be no gimme. And like you said, I hope people show up. I really feel like that was a huge, huge help to Syracuse over Clemson. It's always a huge help no matter who they're playing, uh, football or basketball. So, um, yeah. What are we What are we looking for? What do we got to do to – to beat the Demon Deacons? Uh, I think it's going to come down to basically uh, big plays and, again, just opportunities and stuff like that. Wake Forest, to me, is is very similar um, to us, actually. Um, they're a little bit more experienced. And, and Clawson, uh, Dave Clawson, the coach, he's been there long enough to where he's, he's coaching with all his guys. He's got his roster, his recruits. And... Uh, they're actually, like you said, they've turned into an actually competitive team. Um, they're five and four, one game away from a bowl game. Um, but looking at their their, their schedule, um, you know, they've kind of been the same, you know, same as the same as we are really. I mean, we started off. They started off four and zero. They beat Boston College by fourteen, uh, second game of the season. But Boston College has gotten, uh, you know, better since then. But you know, they lost to, to Florida State at home by seven. Lost at Clemson by 14, lost at Georgia Tech by 14. Then they go and they beat Louisville at home by 10, and then they had their game last week against Notre Dame. So they're pretty much winning 
and losing against, you know, just really good teams in the ACC. And, and they look like they've been pretty competitive and pretty close. Um, so, again, I think it's just which teams, you know, a little less beat up, which, which team doesn't make the mistakes. Uh, very similar as far as um, offense and yardage and, and point output and, and how many points allowed. I think they average um, like 31 points a game work somewhere around like 29, 30, something like that. We defense, we both average 24 to 25 points a game. So uh, it looks like we're a little bit better at the run uh, as far as stopping the run on defense. But other than that, um, there's really no big discrepancies as far as, as the teams. So it's going to be another one of those just nail biter, you know, yeah. who wants it more. And hopefully we don't give up as big plays and, and I think that's really the biggest thing is try to win the turnover battle and, and just don't give up big plays, and I think we should be able to beat them. Yeah, grudge match. Another grudge match. Um, Syracuse, are they They were really close to being number one on, on defense for third down? Third down they are defense? now. They are, yeah. they are first. Okay, first and then they yeah, should they third now. down defense. I mean, that's spectacular. I mean, yeah, I think they, we they one Florida for State, 10? I think one and 13 this one week. One and 13, so. yeah. I mean, it was only one, yeah. So one and, one to 13, yeah. Third down efficiency, yeah. one and 13. And we had, listen to this. We had 11 for 25. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, the numbers are high, but can you believe 25 third downs? That's crazy. Yeah. That's no, because we, we moved the ball and we try to control the clock. Um, yeah. And that's another thing that I guess, like like I said, we're going to have to do with Wake Forest. They're not known as like a very, you know, explosive offense. So obviously this year they've been putting up better numbers, but um, they got a pretty good run game, a senior quarterback that can nickel and dime you to death. But like you said, they're, they're number one. There was a freshman receiver, but he was putting up all, he was the one making the big plays and he's out for the season or at least for the foreseeable future. And um, Dorch. They're not Dorch. Yep. And then um, they're tight end there. That's had pretty good games against us in the past um pretty good pass catching tight end uh he is looking like he's going to be out as well along with another starter on defense who got banged up so it looks like they got a little banged up in the, the notre dame game and again like i just i just hope we can get some redemption of that hurricane game last year because obviously that was a kind of a pathetic game so i don't know if you remember that last year but as we played down here um the wake forest the week that there was supposed to be a hurricane and it was just awful weather, um, just really wet and not very good as far as the way that we wanted to play our offense, you know, not a very conducive environment to that. that so was like the, the Miami game this year was terrible. I mean, Ew, uh, I mean last year's was way worse. It was oh, just really? rain, 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 wind. It was, it was pretty ugly game. Um, but I mean, on the plus side, we are three and O at the dome against Wake Forest since we've joined the ACC. So, we have that in our back, our back pocket. So, but I know that they probably want to get some revenge on the game last year because the all game last year we just couldn't get it together because you can't run our offense in that kind of weather. We we've got to we've got this is a must win game heading into. I mean, if you're looking at it from a from from a bowl uh, standpoint or perspective, it's a must win because going into Louisville on the 18th, and then you got Boston College back at home. I mean, you got to win at least. You got to win the two out of those three. You know, they're, yeah. they're for their bowl percentage is fifty one percent. They lose another game, it's going to be. I mean, who knows? Probably fifteen. Yeah, which they were yeah. already at once this year, and they went all the way up to seventy something after Clemson, and now they've just been slowly getting chopped back. But 
It's a must-win game, so it's a huge game. They, and you know, we still haven't heard a definitive prognosis on Dungey. So no, I mean, I know, I know, uh, in Babers' uh, afternoon press conference, um, pre-game press conference today for Wake Forest, he said that he expects him to play, but um, that he's most likely going to sit out a majority of the practices practices this week. Um, and uh, I think they're going to prepare some other quarterbacks to to be ready. But with uh, Dungy being able to stay off of it and everything, he thinks he should be able to play. Although he did say, though, that they are still waiting on final results of certain tests and stuff like that. So I would say that it's definitely up in the air. I think right now, until they hear a final, like you said, prognosis from the the doctors, I think it's going to be basically just assumed that since he played last week on it, that he's going to be able to rough it out this week, too. So, But that could change. Right. So... All right. Well, moving on to uh, let's let's hit up some Syracuse basketball. We've got tonight. We've got Southern Connecticut State, another exhibition. Before we go into play Cornell on Friday, we had um, the the other expi- uh, ex- exhibition game the other day. Where I thought we talked about this on a podcast, but I guess not. We didn't talk about that at all on a podcast. I don't think so. Okay. Um, well, it must have been a conver- phone conversation then with uh, Brissett just uh, lighting it up. I was so impressed with him. I was so happy to see him doing good because his highlight reel was so uh, awesome. And, you know, a highlight reel is a highlight reel. But to see him in action, I mean, he was great. And I know, you know, we're playing a D2 team, but. I mean, it's still college basketball. So we got another exhibition game tonight, and um, that's going to be on ESPN3, I'm sure. You can find it on there at 7 o'clock. It, although that's the worst streaming service, you'll, <laughs> still be able to, you'll still be able to get it and watch it. Yeah, um, be prepared for technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is disappointing, but you know, you'd think they'd have it figured out. Every other, every, anything else streams just beautifully. Uh, Netflix, Amazon, all those things. I know they're streaming services, but I mean, come on, ESPN, let's get it together. So, uh, because for us, Joe, the the first few basketball games are all going to be streamed. The Cornell game coming up Friday, um, seven o'clock, I believe, too, as well. Yeah, majority. Yep, seven o'clock on Friday. Majority of the beginning of the games. Um, I mean, definitely don't, definitely aren't played down in North Carolina. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, they're not played in Virginia beach either. So, uh, anyway, I mean, what was your, what was your, I mean, granted it, it kind of a gimme game exhibition game against what is Southern New Hampshire. Now we're playing yeah. Southern Connecticut. Uh, Something like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, g- given, you know, the fact that it's a D two team and, and kind of whatever, I mean, how do you think they looked? Yeah. They started off slow, and they needed to jump into that uh, full court press to start opening it yeah, up it, and, and getting starting to gain some confidence. On a, and I think that's really all it took, you know. Yeah, you get, it was just one of those things. It was confidence, you know. You get the first game jitters, especially a lot of new new faces out there never playing. Right. Um, and there wasn't a lot of people out there, so I'm sure they're going to experience that again. Come even Cornell, you know, first game of the season. I'm sure there's going to be ten times as many people that go to an exhibition game, but. Um, 5,000 for Southern New Hampshire. Yeah, see, yeah. yeah but it was about... the most Southern New Hampshire's ever played in front of, though. Oh, God, of course. <laughs> um, no, but I, was, I mean, I was impressed. The D2 school isn't going to have, you know, the um, athleticism and size that that we're going to have. So 
you got to take advantage of you know the weaknesses in basketball to win games. So, but obviously against in an exhibition against an t- opponent like that, the uh, the weaknesses are pretty glaring. So, but I mean in the beginning it looked a little tough. You know their half court offense trying to figure out other than what ties battle and Frank Howard, but even Frank made some mistakes. So it took a little while to get going and. You know, you can't take too much out of an exhibition game, but right. hope to see a little bit more. There was a crazy block party, and that's for sure. We had like 18 blocks. But. Yeah, it was uh, awesome. I mean, Sadib and, well, and Chukwa, well, Chukwa too, but, you know, Bursette had what? I think 17 points, 11 rebounds, something like that. Oh, okay. but, I mean, again, like I said, it's just our height against their, their tallest player was like 6'8 or something. So, you know, just I, I look at exhibitions to just get a good look at new players, new faces and stuff. And, um, but there's definitely going to be times where we're going to have problems scoring against, you know, good competition and stuff. So we definitely have a lot of, a lot of growth we need to do. But definitely like some of the new stuff, new players anyway that uh, that were there on the court. So another tonight's another night to just take a little look before yeah, Cornell. It's hard, it's hard to even evaluate it really, but right. um, it's fun to watch. It's it's you know that time of year where you get to watch Syracuse basketball, which is, you know by far lately the past couple decades at least the most popular (laughs) Syracuse sport obviously so I mean you know and you know we've got a real opportunity this year to just surprise a bunch of people and I think we got the talent it's just a matter of cohesiveness you know what I mean yeah cohesiveness cohesiveness and growing up growing up and and figuring it it out it just took so long last year with the grad transfers and stuff, it's not like they were bad players. It's they just didn't get it right yeah. away. It didn't click right you know, away. And it's starting again this year, too, with Geno Thorpe because he didn't play because of an ankle. Um, and I don't know. And the, the post-game conference, it almost seemed like Jim Baham was almost a little frustrated about it. I don't know if something had happened. Like, you know, if he had much. I, I don't know. It's just the way that he was reacting. It didn't seem like he was very happy about it. And, um Hopefully we can see Geno Thorpe here soon because, like you said, as a graduate uh, senior, he's going to have to – he's already trained. You know, he's four years trained into a, a college system, so he's going to have to unlearn some things, and there's going to be some learning curves and um, some lessons that he's going to have to be taught um, in-game, just like there was Gillen and White. So, But right. um, hopefully he can return and, and we can see what he can do and uh, just just grow and try to get better because that's all we can really hope for. This isn't going to be a team that comes out in the beginning and blows the socks off the teams or surprises anybody early. So there's a team that's going to have to grow and hopefully get enough wins uh, to uh, to make the tournament. So yeah, all right. Well, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight and Friday. Friday, Remember? yeah. Fun fact for Cornell too. Here's a fun fact. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it, Joe. No, it's not really. I mean, <laughs> come on. Um, <laughs> Jim Beheim's uh, got another son, Jim Jimmy Beheim. Uh, he's actually a, a freshman at he's a freshman at Cornell. So this Friday, Jim Beheim will be coaching against his son's team, Cornell. Oh, that'll be interesting. And I actually didn't even know that. I Jim Beheim versus Jimmy Beheim. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, um, I guess he stayed in town at least. Yeah. Um. So I guess Buddy's the superior of the two, then, right? No, don't say that too loud. <laughs> Not I'm around kidding. Jimmy. I'm kidding. Uh, so, so all right, Friday game, Cornell, 7 o'clock. We're going to try to record that night after the game. Um, it should be fun. 
and we will we will record that. And we got the game, the football game on Saturday at three. We'll be back probably around this time again next week to do that. So um, that's it for episode thirty-seven. Remember, if you go to facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast, thumb us up there on Facebook. Um, that's it. That's all I got, Joe. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, Sean, I am good. All right, bro. Well, for Joe, I am Sean. Cuse Nation, we're out. Peace. You just heard the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe.